You're a visionary. You know all is possible in the NFT world, and I welcome you to Freedom with NFTs. I'm Lauren Turton, and in each episode of Freedom with NFTs, I interview NFT gurus who share their experiences, strategies, tools, and tips so you can dive even deeper into creating your own freedom with NFTs. New episodes drop every Wednesday at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So hit subscribe so you can stay dialed in to freedom with NFTs. Welcome back to Freedom with NFTs. On today's episode, we have Amy Shroud, who has over 15 years experience in the tech space, holding numerous positions and works with clients across the globe in medical, construction, and corporate sectors. Amy has most recently held the position of Chief of Clinical Operations and Chief Operations Officer for a multinational IT company, as well as founding multiple companies. In addition to her technology background, Amy has extensive marketing, sales, health, and medical experience, including attending Oceana University of Medicine Medical School and previously being the marketing director for a private hospital system. Now, outside of work, Amy has been involved in trading cryptocurrencies since 2012 and has been a Twitter Spaces host on the topics of crypto, technology, and NFTs since April 2021. Welcome, Amy, to Freedom with NFTs. Thank you so much for having me here, Lauren. It's really nice to be here. It's an honor to have you on this episode today. So let's dive right in. Tell me about your professional journey that has led you to where you are today. Yeah, so I have been working in so many different fields, as you kind of heard in my intro. Started out working in technology when I was straight out of high school. And I used to actually work for one of the largest telecommunication companies in Australia in retail sales and marketing. And from there, I kind of just moved up and went through a few different pathways and and took a bit of a right hook into healthcare and went and studied health sciences at university and eventually went on to medical school. During that time as well, I continued working in IT and specialized in medical and construction IT with one of the companies that I work with now. Through that, I've worked up the ranks as well. And now I'm quite a senior member of the team. And yeah, so coming into NFTs and crypto was almost something I was destined for. I've always been interested in the latest technology that's coming out. And as part of that, we all kind of got into cryptocurrency when it was first starting around 2012, looking at mining it, learning about how it works, what it could be used for in the future. And even now we find that it is being used a lot more in technology for medical records So even one of the people that I actually consult with is is a group in America who's actually building out a medical record system that will be relying on the blockchain to help distribute medical records securely and freely. Wow, Amy, my biggest takeaway from your reply was how multifaceted you are and how you are involved in so many different worlds, yet these different worlds link together. And I think that's great for our audience to hear because people are coming into the NFT space from so many different worlds and avenues. So could you dive a little bit deeper in how you actually manage all of the different projects that you have going on? Yeah. So for me, time management is key. 
I find that I am always blocking out blocks of time throughout the day to do work on certain projects for me as well, because there was a lot of projects that I had that were based not in Australia. I did have to actually shift my time schedule back a little bit. So I actually get up at midnight every day to get on top of everything. So my first thing I do every day is I pay my dues on my exercise bike or my treadmill, get that done. And then I can sit, get focused. I usually find that I work out a lot of problems when I'm exercising as well. So I kind of plan my day while I'm exercising. Then I will go through my checklist of most important things that need to be done every day. That's the biggest thing that I do every morning is sit down and work out exactly what needs to be done, prioritize it and put it in order. I also work on call. So I have people hitting me up all day on demand on my phones and my mobiles. So it's really important that I actually set aside some quiet time for myself which allows me to work on projects or even just unwind and have a little bit of time away from technology each day. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. I think it's very important what you hit on in regards to physical movement, also taking time for yourself. I know that in the technology space that we can get so enthralled and wrap up into what's happening on our devices. So truly taking that time to separate and to give space for ourselves to relax, unwind, and to decompress from what it is that we're working on. So Amy, I'd like to dive a little bit deeper into why did you actually get started in crypto in 2012? So originally, uh, one of my boyfriends at the time was mining cryptocurrency. And that's kind of where it started. So I'd see it was running on the computer and then I had my computer. So I started running it on there as well. And and yeah, like it was one of those things that we just kind of saw it and I was like, okay, let's give it a go. Like what's worse can happen. So we were mining back then. And from there, I kind of went and learned more about the actual technology by myself and started trading it. So I bought Bitcoin back then. I think it was ridiculously cheap. I really wish I had it still. So I've been in and out of cryptocurrency through the years. Like I brought back in probably 2014. I had some in 2016, 2018. Like I just went in and out of various cryptocurrencies, uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin. I've held Dogecoin for like four years as well. So yeah, I've had a couple of quite longer holds, but a lot of it has been, you know, trading in and out over the course of a couple of months. And then that kind of led to the last probably two years, I started doing futures trading as well, which is where you actually state and it's, it's using leverage. So it is very dangerous. Mm. So it is a more high risk one where you have to really focus on technical analysis and fundamentals and look at the sentiment of the, of the whole market at the time. Okay. And so uh, I found that was a really good way. Cause I really do obviously coming from a tech background and having scientific background, I really love all these sort of numbers and analyzing things. So that's where it kind of came in for me was I would sit there and actually go through everything. And I just wanted to learn why things were happening the way they were happening. For someone like you, who's been in the crypto space for nearly a decade, for anyone who is looking to get into crypto now, what advice do you have for them? Absolutely. When it comes to cryptocurrency, I, I know everyone says, do your own research. I think that is really important to go out there, but there's a lot of great assets that are available when it comes to cryptocurrency for regards to learning. You can actually go to most exchanges will have their own academies. So uh, like Binance Academy is great. Coinbase has one as well. And I believe Gemini too. So those are a great starting point. Once you want to dive a little bit deeper, you can go on to things like the trading channel on YouTube. You can also look at uh, Investopedia, 
but it's very text heavy. So that's one of those difficulties. But when you're actually, that, that's if you want to kind of go the trading route. If you're going to just be holding, then doing something off the exchange is more than sufficient to just kind of get you the understanding. It's really important to also interface with a lot of communities. Twitter's a great place for that. You can actually go into rooms that are around specific cryptocurrencies and stock and actually just see what the community is like, get to know them and see if there's a community you want to be a part of. Because I think when you're holding a cryptocurrency or a stock, you're kind of buying into that family. Like when, even when it comes to stocks and things like that, if I don't like the vibe of the people investing, I may be less likely to invest, even if it's at a, you know, I might be missing out on really obvious profits. It's, it's one of those things. If I'm going to hold it for more than a week, then I want to know what the company and the community is all about. That's a really good starting place. I'm so glad that you touched on that in regards to community and staying in alignment. With what you vibe with, could you touch on that a little bit more? Because I know as someone new into crypto, they can get overwhelmed with there's this going on, there's this going on, this is exciting. And all of these things are coming up and there's the emotional aspect of it. So Staying in integrity with a vibe or a community that you align with. Talk a little bit more about that, please. Yeah. So it's really important. Uh, not every community has good actors. Like sometimes there will be those outliers or bad actors. If they are outnumbering the good, then it's probably not a great community. So for me, I always find that I want to go in, see if people are helping each other and intrude like in basically not indoctrinating, but welcoming to new people. I think that's really important. There's always going to be kind of like spammy sort of messages in most of the communities because they want to get out there and get their name out there. And the more that they're seen, the more likely people are to invest. And that, that kind of makes it a bit harder. I try to stay away from communities that spam and use too many bots and things like that. I like it to be really organic and be able to actually be speaking to people. So discords and things like that are a good, a good signpost for it. Uh, staying true to what you believe in is very hard when you're investing because you can sometimes see that there will be great money in something that is just completely outside of what you are willing to accept. And that's where you kind of have to decide. There's, there's a couple of factors for me. It's look at what I'm willing to compromise on for profit or potential loss because it can go both ways. It's not only your morals that you are going to have to kind of match up with the companies and see what you are willing to compromise on. It's also your risk. So everyone has different risk portfolios that they are willing to put together at different stages in their life. So if you are looking at something like someone who's really young, they're willing to take bigger risks. So they may be willing to put a bit more of their, their morals or, or beliefs aside in order to try and get those bigger gains. Whereas when it comes to someone who's maybe a little bit older, like I'm in my mid thirties, I'm starting to take less big risks just in case, because I don't want to start compromising my retirement for a potential gain. You have to balance all of those sort of things. And it's really important. You can actually find out a lot of information just from company websites. And it's the same with cryptocurrency. You'll be able to see those sort of information that will be able to give you enough background to kind of figure out, is this a company that's working with me? Always mm -hmm. go and check the news on Google as well to see if there's a lot of negative press. If there is, then kind of get a deep dive. Why are they trying to do something good? And, and you know, large other companies aren't liking that. Or is it that it's actually something that they are doing wrong? And that might give you pause. Thank you so much for that. My biggest takeaway from your reflection was 
really taking a look at where you're at in your life and doing a deep dive and analyzing and having conversations about where you're at. Like you said, you're at the point in your life where you're not willing to risk retirement. Whereas someone who might be 17 years old in the space, they have more that they can risk. So I really appreciate your reflection. I want to pivot into NFTs now. So tell me, when did you first get involved with NFTs? Yeah, so I've been in, into NFTs for a couple of months now, probably May, I started to kind of get a bit more interested into them. So it's been, yeah, about four or five months. And for me, it, it kind of snuck up on me. So I, the first things that I saw is I had friends who were making NFTs and they'd be sharing them with us and through Twitter spaces. And it was great because we'd kind of get to see the art, get to meet the artists. And it was, it was fantastic. From there, I started actually investing. Like I started out with a couple of pieces from friends. And then I started going with bigger projects that started to come out with avatar projects. And I, I basically watched the Board Ape Yacht Club and all of those blow up and was really mad. I didn't put my money <laughs> into them at the time, like everyone else who didn't. But yeah, it's been, it's, it's such a wild ride. Every week, there's something completely different that you would never expect. And every day there's at least five or 10 new projects that you have to kind of review and go over and gosh, it's NFTs has become a full-time job for me. I honestly don't think I've looked at my crypto portfolio other than to see how much ETH is worth in maybe like two months. Really? So you've yeah. really go, gotten into NFTs. So tell me- yeah. When you're looking at crypto versus NFTs, what is so appealing to you about NFTs? I like that there's, there's, there's usually a story behind the project and the person. So you're actually more investing in, the, in a person a lot of the time with these, especially when I go more of my one-of-one -one artwork. When I'm doing avatar projects, I do like to get to know who is behind it. It doesn't mean sometimes I won't just jump into something blind because I'm like, that looks cool. Or I think this could make money or it's got the right people promoting it. You know, some of those things do come up, but a lot of the time, a lot of the pieces that I have in the collections are people who I've gotten to know and I've met through Twitter spaces or occasionally I'll just go shopping and I love, mm. I love shopping. So it's really easy. I can go in, jump in there. I went, I did a shopping spree on Hen the other day, which is one of the alternative platforms. Mm -hmm. And so I got, I picked up a bunch of great, you know, like space art, which if you didn't give it away, I do like space. So things like that. I got a, a bunch of cyberpunk sort of rock and rolly pictures. Then in my main wallet, I have a lot of like classical photography I'm starting to pick up now. So I'm actually getting a lot of one of one pieces of work that I plan to hold for a while. Amazing. And so for anyone who's listening, that is an artist who's curious about getting into the NFT space, can you share about the different platforms that they should check out? Absolutely. So the key one I usually get people to start with is OpenSea. And that is an Ethereum-based platform. It is probably the largest platform right now and it's reasonably priced. So it's only like 2.5% fees to sell your artwork, which is pretty reasonable across the board. There are other ones like Mintable and Rarible, which have really low mint fees, which is the actual putting your artwork on the blockchain. Foundation is seen as a very elite platform because it is currently invitation only but that is very expensive when it comes to fees. It's around 15% fees, which is huge. But you will find there's a lot of high-end collectors just stuck on that site and they will not leave it. 
Mm. Uh, then you can go to your more alternative platforms. So Hen or Hicketnut is a Tezos-based network, which is a, a different cryptocurrency altogether. Mm-hmm. And that one is kind of a bit more rock and roll. A lot of the artists are across all of these platforms and they will be on that platform showing some of their more alternative work or maybe they're testing out to see if what they want to try next is going to work. So I find that's a really good entry point for people who are wanting to buy is to go and try out something like Hen because you can pick up pieces cheaper. There'll often be, it won't be necessarily one of ones. It'll be like, you know, 50 of the same ones. It'll be more like prints, Mm -hmm. but I think that makes it a little bit more accessible for people. There's a lot of um, video on there as well. And they're starting to get, people starting to bring out music and everything as well, which has been great. There are a lot of others. There are more marketplaces coming every couple of weeks, especially on alternative platforms like Polygon and well, which is Matic and Cardano. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're all coming all the time, but OpenSea is kind of good. You can, uh, you don't have to just use the Ethereum network. They do have other options. Like they use Polygon as well. Mm-hmm. So that means that you can avoid things like high gas fees. Okay. Thank you. So for those who are new to the space and might be a little overwhelmed with what you just shared, what is the first step that you suggest that they take? Yeah, definitely. So We have put together actually an NFT 101 course that's completely free and that's available through my Twitter bio or you can also go to who I actually co-host all my Twitter spaces with. It's uh, Lucas Bean, who's at Luke360 on Twitter as well. So either of our bios will lead straight to the NFT 101 course. And that's great whether you're an artist or a collector or you just want to know what the hell an NFT is. It's a really nice short course. It's down in, you know, manageable bites, little three to five minute videos. And we kind of just basically go through what's an NFT, how you can make one yourself, how to mint it, how to sell it. Amazing. And buy. And buy. (laughs) Amazing. Thank you, Amy. And Amy on Twitter is at Amy underscore Stroud, A-M-Y underscore S-T-R-O-U-D. So now I want to get into the current communities that you're holding space for right now. Tell me about that. Yeah. So every day we host between six to eight hours of Twitter spaces. So we do one, we kind of run off Pacific time. So we usually have one uh, late morning and another one early evening, or we might you know, depending on what, what is going on, sometimes we might hold extras or yeah. So we have a daily I'm going to start again. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we host about six to eight hours of Twitter spaces every day. And we usually run one in the morning and the evening on LA time, Pacific time. And those are usually focused around NFTs. So we'll have artists coming in. Sometimes we'll do ones where they can promote their projects or come and show their one-of-one artworks. And we might have collectors in the audience as well. We have, sometimes we have tech-based interviews. Like Mm. yesterday we were interviewing Brian from Brave, who's one of the senior executives over there. We've had other ones where we've had actors come in and we've been able to interview them, NFL players, major collectors, all sorts of things. So we try and change up 
who, who's in there. We've also have, we give space for people who are trying to learn for, from the uh, collector standpoint as well. So we explain if people are having problems, you know, getting started or they don't know where to start and they're just feeling overwhelmed, they can come in. But my, honestly, my absolute favorite space that we do every single week is on Sunday mornings mm. and we do a mental health space and it's open to anyone, but it is, we do kind of focus on the NFT community because that's obviously who we spend a lot of our time with. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I always love those, those sessions because it's, you know, whether it's, I guess, a little bit about me sometimes or about someone else, I feel like we're all helping each other. And we kind of remind each other, especially in everything that's been going on for the last two years, that there's, there's people out there that care and that are here to help. And mm-hmm. I, I really like that. That's amazing that you hold space, especially for mental health. Again, we touched on it earlier in the show, how in the technology space, we can get sucked in to what it is we're working on and time doesn't exist. Oh, it really doesn't. Like you have to be on all the time. It's not like with normal stocks, it's between 10 and four and it's fine. You just, you're done or your normal work day, you can go home at the end of your shift. This is I feel like I almost liken doing crypto and NFT trading and, or even just being in, in these spaces as to, as to being an entrepreneur, because I've been doing that sort of thing for years. Now I've been in high level you know, positions for years. You don't get to switch off. These markets are trading 24 hours a day. There are NFT drops at two in the morning and that's not even my two in the morning. <laughs> I wish <laughs> that would be so much more easy for me. But a lot of them, like it's, it's always something is happening. And a lot of people, and even myself, I find if I go to sleep, am I going to miss something? Mm. And it's trying to remember, no, you've got to have that self-care and take care of yourself and make sure that you actually take the time. Because if you don't, you will burn out. And then you're not any use to anyone in your real world. You're definitely not any use to anyone online. Mm -hmm. So you need to make sure that you take that time and just, take a deep breath, go, okay, the world's not going to end if I miss a trade. The world's Mm -hmm. not going to end if I miss a drop. Like you can always buy in later. You can always, you know, there'll always be another project. So it's, I think everyone is out there looking for these really quick get rich. So these get rich quick schemes Mm -hmm. and don't get me wrong. We'd all love to be rich really fast, but sometimes we just have to realize that someone said he will win the race Mm -hmm. and, you know, I just do this stuff because I enjoy it, not because I'm trying to make money out of it. Money is a nice byproduct, Mm -hmm. but to be honest, you know, it's, it's not the end of the world. Yes. Thank you for that. I think that's so important. I'm so glad that we dove a little bit deeper into the mental health of the crypto and NFT space. Now I'm going to switch gears a little bit. Pre-recording, Amy and I were discussing Ethereum gas prices. So I'd like to dive into with Ethereum gas prices being consistently high, is it time to start considering other platforms? Yeah, so it's definitely time to start considering them. Ethereum is probably going to be king in this space for a really, really long time. And there's not a lot that we're going to be able to do to kind of knock that off their perch because it's the easiest one to interface with. It's the easiest to purchase as well. And you just kind of get used to it. It is a complicated thing to actually purchase NFTs right now. And until someone comes into this space and really provides a really simple way and a simple way to do it from your mobile phone, there's really not going to be too much competition. So there are new newer networks coming out like the Polygon network, Solana, mm-hmm. 
Cardano and they're all and Wax and they're all trying to replace Ethereum. Whereas right now, I think what they need to do is focus on providing a good service and meet the, the gaps that have been left by Ethereum because you know that it's great to address the fact that gas fees are really high and so to actually transact on Ethereum is incredibly expensive, especially when there's a big drop. If you drop that 10,000 on there, sometimes you can be paying, you know, an Ethereum to buy something that costs 10% of an Ethereum. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't, and then you have to try and factor that in and, you know, you can lose a lot of money through transaction fees on Ethereum. Whereas with a lot of these other networks, they're either very minimal and they don't have these massive fluctuations that Ethereum does, or they don't have transaction fees at all. Mm. So it does make it a bit more difficult as trying to figure out. But right now, everyone's very focused on Ethereum and it's going to be that way for a really long time. Unless we see someone like Robinhood come in and they back one of these smaller blockchains, I don't see us completely shifting away from Ethereum probably for at least a good 12 to 18 months, if at all. Okay. Thank you for that. Very helpful. Now let's go into staying safe in the NFT space. There are a lot of scams out there. We were speaking about a scam pre-recording. So as someone who's new to the space, how can they stay safe in regards to scams? Yeah, definitely. So it's really easy to fall for some of these because you see cool artwork and you're like, yeah, I just want to own that piece. And you can see it and you kind of may have red flags and you still buy it anyway. That's kind of where you go, okay, you need to that one was on you, but there's a lot of people out there who are using false artwork or trying to uh, claim that the artwork is theirs or trying to use things that kind of blatantly skirt copyright. So there's uh, quite a lot of really famous projects out there. Like obviously the board Ape yacht club is iconic in NFTs. So there's a lot of people out there now doing eight based projects and they're basically using someone else's ape that they don't own so they don't have the rights to mess with it and making uh, derivatives of them so there's a lot of derivatives out there the the problem with these at any time they can get a dcma order yeah sorry it is a dcma order so they can get pulled down and your money will be gone your picture will be your nft and the artwork that's there will be gone and it just is done that's it there's no refunds there's no anything so it's really hard to look for like to see those sort of things happening. A really good way, uh, sorry, a really good feature that OpenSea has is they actually have verified check marks. Now, often that does mean that the verified check mark will mean that that person has at least shown that they are, that they've stuck around for a certain amount of time or that they're a valid project or that they've had a certain amount of turnover. And they have confidence scores and things like that as well on OpenSea that not I haven't seen on any other platform. So it can kind of give you that warning as to whether or not this is a scam or anything like that. When it comes to projects that you're going to mint live, so you don't have the, the benefit of seeing it already on OpenSea, mm-hmm. what you would need to look at then is try and see other developers and the, the people who are founding that project public with who they are. And that can, sometimes they, quite often they will still be an avatar, but they may be using their real name or they may have at least shared their real name through websites. They're doing that. That's usually a pretty good sign. It's another thing to keep in mind is, you know, how are they interacting with the community? Are they in talking to people in rooms? Are they sharing information about the project? Are they cagey about the project? Because if they're kind of trying to hide information, I always think that's a bit of a pretty big warning for me. 
Mm-hmm. So there's a lot to kind of look at and to consider. It's if you just want to buy artwork because you like that artwork, that's fine. But if you're looking at it from an investment standpoint, try and do your due diligence, look at the projects, have a look at their roadmaps and really try and see who these founders are before you jump in with any of them. Oh, thank you, Amy. That's so helpful. I know so many people right now who are just getting into NFTs and they're like, what do I do? What do I buy? I want to get involved. And I like what you said about, yes, you can just buy artwork because you like the artwork. Absolutely. 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 Like you, everyone's kind of focusing on what's the utility of this now, because that became kind of a buzzword a couple of weeks ago. Cause everyone's like, Oh, well the price of this has gone down. Like what's the point of it? And they're like, Oh, well, you know, there's X utility to it. Sometimes you can just buy the artwork because you like it. And the utility in that case is the artwork. Mm-hmm. It's, it's good for your eyes. You doesn't have to do something for you, but a lot of the projects that are coming out now, they do offer something. So whether it's community, can be a utility. You can also have that it's it gives you a membership pass to something or a ticket to an event or you know access. There's lots of different things that are coming out now that are that come with some of these projects. And that's why going to their websites are really important. You might not be able to speak to the founder, but you might be able to speak to other admins and get into discords and see what's happening in there. A great example of a team that's done it really well is the Lazy Lions. So those guys, they're based out of Australia, so I am biased to them anyway. (laughs) But we got a chance to interview them and they were amazing. So Asha and Nine Lion, they built this incredible community on the Discord. has something like 15,000 people in there and it's everyone's so helpful. You can't go in there anytime and it's quiet ever. (laughs) It doesn't matter day, night, anything. There's always people there talking, ready to help. And it's amazing. It's, and they do all these like Twitter raids and things like that as well, but they actually have roadmaps planned out. So they're still giving more back to the people other than that original artwork. And they have big plans for the community and they've cut, they're very open with what they're trying to do, which Mm -hmm. I think is, is great. I've seen other projects where, you know, there's a lot of ripoff projects out there, like I said, with people taking the board apes. And then there's like, you can go onto, onto OpenSea right now and there's more than 200 and something punk projects mm. and they almost look identical. And if you've heard about the crypto punks, then there's like ones where they've spelt it slightly different and you could easily purchase it, but it's not the real thing because those like, things are worth um, like crazy amounts of money. It's like when uh, people make a knockoff of designer brands. Exactly. And that's a place that NFTs actually could help that you can, uh, what you could see in the future. And some of some brands are starting to do this is you'll actually have like a little QR code on your product, like, or inside your product on a little tag. And you could scan that and it would verify that you are the owner through the blockchain and, or that at least it is a verified piece of, you know, whether it's a, a Louis Vuitton or a Birkin bag or anything like that you could literally check that it is a legitimate one through those sort of means. Incredible. This technology is absolutely incredible. So where do you see this technology going in the next year, five years, and then 10 years? In the next year, I think we're probably going to see quite a ramp up because there's a lot of people who've been working in this sort of field for a long time, it's starting like even my mum's starting to know about it. And she is the least tech person I know. She only usually knows stuff from me. So if she knows about it, 
it's it's out there in the media. So it's I think in the next probably 12 months, we're going to start to see a lot more people coming in who are just sort of familiar with cryptocurrency. So it's going to be the people who are crypto adopters mm-hmm. who will be coming over. In the next five years, probably in the next two to five years, I would say that it's going to go very mainstream. And that's when we're going to see a lot of this retail investors come in. And that's probably where we're going to have massive spikes in potential profits for people who started out earlier. When we get to that sort of 10 years, I would say we're going to see that it will be deeply ingrained in our lives. Like the blockchain will be a standard you know, people won't be transmitting data in the same way they used to. It will be transmitted through the blockchain. It'll be used for medical records. You'll be using it to hold the deed for your house. You know, all of these sort of things that we're just starting to see, it will be commonplace then. It will Ooh. be, we won't even think about it. It'll probably be, it, there'll be a new technology that'll be rising, that'll be coming up to steal from it as well. That's so exciting to think about, especially for those who are just getting into the space now. It's like when the internet came out. It really is. Like right now, anyone who's really in the NFT space, they're pioneers for this this time. This is, we are very, very early. Amazing. Amazing to think about. So Amy, tell me, are there any projects that you're working on right now that you're excited to share with our audience? Yeah, so obviously we're doing Twitter spaces all the time. We also have recently just launched our podcast, which is currently found under the Lucas Bean Audio Experience on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music. And we're also in the process of launching a new website. It's blacksheepwanted.com. And we're helping with NFT consultancy and also providing marketing assistance for uh, anyone who needs help in that field. And we'll also be probably expanding our courses as well in the coming weeks. Ooh, that's so exciting. (laughs) You are the one-stop shop for anyone wants to get into the NFT space. Yeah, we're trying to be at least, you know, we want to help as many people as possible. Amazing. Anything else you'd like to share today with our audience? No, I just think it's it's a great time to be getting into these sort of things. And I, I highly encourage anyone, if you've got some time, go in and have a look at you know crypto Twitter, NFT Twitter, and also just jump into OpenSea and have a look at some of the amazing artwork that is there because I, I'm really excited for that sort of stuff that's coming. Like I really want to, like probably one of my biggest goals in the next 12 months is to start having some of these sort of artworks taking being displayed in places like the metaverse, like Decentraland and things like that. So these are all cool little like things that are, we're going to basically be building ready player one in real life very soon. So I'm really excited to see all this sort of technology coming in. Yeah. It's get in and have a look. You don't have to jump in with heaps of money. You can, you know, you can even just be looking from the sidelines and learning right now. That's where we, I always encourage everyone. If you are never put in anything, you're not willing to lose, but you can start with as little as, you know, if you're starting on Tez, you can start with $30. If That's you want to do something like open C, you're probably going to need around that 150, 200 to get in the door. But yeah, it's, it's one of those things. And I, I think the most important thing is the first piece you buy, make sure it's something you love because you might be holding onto it for a very long time. <laughs> and I think that's such an important thought as people are looking at this new technology and new industry to get involved in is how to actually approach it. I know for myself, when I first started exploring NFTs, which was only a couple months ago, I did my research and then 
three weeks ago, I decided to take action on being an artist, which then led to me being a collector with Happy Land Gummy Bears. From there, I realized, all right, Lauren, something special is happening here. You're getting involved in this industry at a very unique time. What skills do I have that I can bring forth? And although I'm not an expert in NFTs or crypto, I have public speaking skills and I have wonderful networking abilities. So I thought to myself, why don't I start a podcast and bring on experts so they can share their expertise and provide value. And then I can be the one behind this podcast that's promoting it and letting people know if you need support in this episode, we cover A, B, and C. So be creative in how it is you approach the NFT space. There's avenues and space for all types of industries and experts. Absolutely. Like, so anyone can come into this space. We've got people who are in here who are, you know, I think I've seen some NFTs done by like eight-year-olds and their parents are the ones out there helping sell it. You know, we've got some really established artists that are under the age of 17 who are doing incredible things. Then one of our regulars in our spaces, I think he's in his 60s and he's been an artist for years and is just starting digitizing his work. So, you know, there's a space for everyone. If you're a traditional artist, you're used to doing canvas work and things like that, that's fine. Take a picture, sell the picture as the NFT. You know, we have so many people who are that sort of traditionally trained or people who've got no training. I've made my own NFTs as well. I did a bunch, I I did a series on iconic space images and I made them more vivid. I played with them. I did, I, I did all sorts of different things to them. I also it's so silly. I went through and just did like, I love paint by numbers because I'm not a very, I'm not a very creative person, but I find it really relaxing. I went and re-digitized them and actually repainted them by hand. And I had a piece that I painted like 10, 15 years ago, I found while packing my house. I took a picture of it and I repainted it and I made that as an NFT. So I'll have that in my wallet forever. It wasn't for anyone else. It was for me. You can use this sort of like, if you really want to, you can even have like family pictures if you really wanted to made as NFTs and you can hide them from the public, but they're in your wallet and you have a copy. So there's a lot of, there's so much you can do. You don't have to, like, I'm actually a sound engineer. I trained as a sound engineer out of high school. Mm -hmm. So I could make audio based ones. I, you could do audio books. You could have, we've seen comic books. I've seen, I've seen a cooking book NFT, which was incredible. Like it made me so hungry. I wanted to buy it immediately. <laughs> so it's, you know, there's a lot of different ways you can do this. It doesn't have to be, Oh, I'm not a traditional artist. There is a space for pretty much everything in FTs, right? Sorry, in NFTs right now. So it's just find, find your niche mm-hmm. and work within it. And I'm sure pretty much anyone can bring something to the table in, in NFTs, even like, so for me, I'm obviously very technical minded, but I'm not creative. So I love looking at the artwork, but I know I can't create it. So I host Twitter spaces because I can help educate people. And I love talking to people, especially, Mm -hmm. you know, with everything that's going on, I need more humans to interact with. So it's, it's a great thing. And I'm very lucky. I have a really good co-host that I, um, and sorry, a really good friend that I host with, and we get to speak to some incredible humans every single day and hear about all these amazing projects from all over the world. Like there's, it's incredible how far reach Twitter has right now. 
for being able to communicate with people. And it's the same with podcasts. You're able to communicate with people you wouldn't have been able to engage with otherwise. And also they get the access to you. Yes. So I, th- I think it's, it, it works for everybody really. Amazing. Well, Amy, thank you so much for your time today. Make sure to give her a follow on Twitter at Amy underscore Stroud, that's A-M-Y underscore S-T-R-O-U-D and bookmark in your browser, blacksheepwanted.com. When they launch, they're going to have incredible offers that will support your NFT journey. That's all for Freedom with NFTs today. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Freedom with NFTs. Don't forget to subscribe. New episodes drop every Wednesday at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm your host, Lauren Turton, and it's been an honor to show up for you in this format and support you on your journey in creating your own freedom with NFTs.